The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Psych Up Live with your host, Dr. Suzanne Phillips. If you're experiencing life, and we know you are, you may have a variety of questions about relationships, family issues, personal goals, coping with the unexpected, and much more. Today, you will hear some answers from a psychological perspective, and you may just take away something that fits. Here is Dr. Suzanne Phillips. Hi, I'm Suzanne Phillips. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to speak about something most of us have some experience with, but we rarely speak about, couples and their couple friendships. Do you and your partner have couple friends? Did they start out as your friends, your partner's friends, or were they neighbors? Do they add or detract from your relationship? What happens when couple friends divorce? Listen in to hear what couples answered to these questions. Our guest expert is Dr. Jeffrey Greif. He's going to discuss the issues associated with couples and their couple friends by carrying upon research with 400 couples from his book, Two Plus Two, Couples and Their Couple Relationships, which he co-authored with Dr. Kathleen Holtz. Since 1984, Dr. Greif has been a professor and for a number of years the associate dean at the University of Maryland School of Social Work. He is the author of more than 125 journal articles, 12 books, and book chapters. Dr. Greif is a returning guest to Psych Up Live. He did two earlier really terrific shows, one on adult sibling relationships and then on his book, Buddy System, Understanding Male Friendships. He has appeared on radio and television and his research has been cited worldwide. Dr. Jeffrey Greif, it is my pleasure to welcome you back to Psych Up Live. Suzanne, thanks for having me back. It's great to be talking with you again. Okay, so you've researched an area that few have entered into, couple relationships. And for this study, correct me if I don't have this quite right, we're dealing with 400 couples. You've interviewed some as couples, some as individuals. There was even a core group interviewed individually that were divorced to get that perspective. About two-thirds are age 56 or younger, and they were all in marriages or permanent partnerships. Is that right, Jeff? Yes, and we also interviewed people who had been divorced and asked them about their couple's friendships and what happened to them. So it was 123 couples who were interviewed together, but then we realized we needed to interview people 
alone, too, to get a sense of them, and we interviewed another 122 people alone. And then we began to hear about divorce and what happens to friendships after a divorce for a couple, and we interviewed almost 60 people uh, for that part of the study, too. So it was built slowly on the previous studies to try and get a comprehensive picture as to how these relationships get played out across the lifespan. Mm, And the findings are so interesting. So what are the type of questions that framed these interviews? Well, I think, first of all, we needed to establish, um, and we did both survey and qualitative questions, meaning we interviewed people after we gave them a survey. And one of the things that you do with uh, qualitative questions is you first want to establish whether or not these are even uh, important relationships. So the first thing to talk about is the fact that a lot of couples think these relationships are very important, but there were also a sizable minority who really did not put as much value on a couple's friendship as they did on time alone with each other and also on their individual friends. So depending upon who you talk to, you might get a totally different answer, but it's clear that couples' friendships as are all friendships very important in most people's lives, just not in everyone's life. Right. Now, one of the things you identified were certain trends. After a while, you you came up with some groupings that you could put people into in terms of the importance Mm -hmm. of friendships to them, of couple friendships to them. Yes. What were those? Uh, That was what I think is one of the two major takeaways from the study. We found from interviewing the couples as well as the individuals that we could group couples into three different categories. One category would be the seekers, and these are extroverts, people who tend to go out and seek other couples. You're sitting next to someone in a restaurant, you're with your partner, and you begin to chat with the couple next to you, and maybe you invite them over to have a drink or share dessert. You go to parties and you meet people and you're always trying to add to your cadre of couple friends. So those are people that often seek out other couples. There's a group in the middle that we called keepers. These are people that are happy to keep the friends they have. They have very full lives, maybe very busy uh, family lives. And they don't feel they need uh, to add to that. They're open to adding people, but they just are not going after adding new friends to the extent that seekers are. So we put them in the middle, and there's no value uh, put on any of these three. And the third is the nesters. Those tend to be introverts. They may be people that are just happy or comfortable with one or two friends. They don't have a wide circle of friends, but they have very intense friendships and very loving friendships which with the friends that they have. And these may be people who also have found each other in a second marriage. So they have not spent many years together, and they may want to spend what time they have together and not 
basically spend time looking for other people or spending time with other people. So we also found that those people tended to have the the happiest uh, marriage, the nesters, by the way. Mm. The interesting thing for couples is to think about that very often both people are not in the same category. I personally am a seeker. I'm always interested as a social worker in meeting new people chatting up people that I meet. My wife is a little bit more of a scientist type, and she would prefer to be alone with me or with a very few um, number of couples. So what happens is she pulls me into the middle, and I pull her uh, also into the middle. So the important thing from this category is how do couples talk about their own patterns, their own desires to meet other people? It sounds like both of you have come up with a way to kind of balance it out. It's interesting. We're the opposite. I'm the person pulling the beach blanket away from other beach blankets. And my husband's more likely (laughs) to strum up the conversation. And it really does become a kind of negotiating of... um, who and who would really like to meet other people. I have some seeker friends. They're wonderful, but I tease them that they could make friends in an elevator, and they do. And Mm -hmm. the the thing is, they are both that way. So you're bringing up a really good question, and we both experience it in our relationships, which is what happens when you have different kind of inclinations for each of the partners. I think a way to frame this question, and it sort of cuts across a lot of the other books that I've written about both siblings and men's friendships, is the issue of time. Time is the issue that every couple has to struggle with. How much time do I have for myself? How much time do I have for myself with my friends or with my men friends in my case? How much time do I have with just my wife? How much time do I have with my wife and family? And then finally, how much time do my wife and I have to spend with other groups, other couples? So if it's Monday night and I say to my wife, um, why don't we call up uh, Suzanne and her husband uh, to see if they're free on Friday or Saturday, she may say or she may think, gee, do you not want to spend time alone with me? Or why do you always feel you want to add another couple? Or that kind of trope, which if a couple is not careful, they have to really, really talk through. So how couples balance time with each other and seeking out, as I do, other couples for other social and intellectual stimulation without inadvertently hurting my my wife um, is an important conversation. And, of course, one side of our conversation, which we'll get to, is that a lot of people think that being with another couple can enhance their own marriage. And I may happen yes. to be one of those mm-hmm. those people that it's not a a dent in the marriage, something that maybe can enhance the marriage and make it even more fun. So it's in different social realms that my wife and I may be communicating about that. Now, do I have it right that one of your findings is that couples who agreed about the amount of time they spent with couple friends were the same people who reported that their partner was happy in the marriage, whereas those who disagreed about how much time to spend with couple friends 
often reported their partner was not so happy in the marriage. Is that correct? That is correct. And of course, um, one, one really wouldn't have to do any research to, to, to figure to out that. That, yeah. that finding. It's, you know, obviously, right. if, if one's spouse and one agree about uh, how they're going to spend their time, they're going to have a happier marriage than if they are always trying to negotiate around, well, you had time with your friends, so I want time alone with mine, but right. what about time with the kids and so on? Mm. Now, one thing that I think is important that bears on this is your discovery and your treatment in the book of how these groupings and whether I'm a keeper or a nester or a seeker really are also a function of how long I'm in a marriage, what stage I'm in, whether we're newlyweds or whether we have three children or whether we just entered a new retirement community. So this seems somewhat fluid in terms of what groups people find themselves in? Yes, I think that's uh, certainly the case in what we tried to discuss in the book. So a person at middle age also may have a serious illness, and that may change uh, the dynamic in the marriage. That may make friends more important, uh, especially if, if, let's say, I'm ill and my guy friend, who my wife doesn't like much, is very attentive to me that may change her impression of him and his wife, and so we may end up spending more time with him. Also, obvious things like children growing up and needing parents more or needing parents less, uh, older couples having, having grandchildren, how does that all figure into it? So if I'm taking care of my, my grandchildren during the day while my children and children-in-law work, that maybe leaves me less time to get together with my guy friends for poker or golf or whatever. How does that shift the balance? So couples that can communicate about this shift and what they're looking for uh, in terms of their time and their commitment to each other as well as to friends can certainly shape the way a relationship comes about. I liked one um, part where you really underscored the strain in new couples, let's say um, a, a young man who's married and is in his early 30s or late 20s, suddenly feeling the pressure of the pals he always played basketball with, the the guys he had a card game with, the wife, her wish to be with him, his family, and on and on. The, at the, the adjustments to der- different life stages certainly bear on the strain of who we're going to keep and who we're going to be close to in terms of couple relationships. Absolutely. And of course, in the example that you just gave, if the guy has been hanging out with other, other guys that A, are not partnered, or B, do not have children, and he has children, those friends are going to drop by the wayside because the wife and he are not going to want to go out as a couple with just one person, be it a woman or a man, in most cases. And they're going to be looking for other couples. So uncoupled friendships, uh, uncoupled friends may get dropped uh, from the couple's friendships, or the guy is going to have to figure out some 
way to wedge in time alone. I mean, everybody knows of the stories of women or men who, when, who, when they're single and they have a lot of girl or boyfriends, begin to date other people, and then they drop their friends, and that, causes, that always causes a problem uh, unless there's some conversation about that. So, again, these things need to be talked about between the couple and then ideally between the guy or the gal and his or her friends um, and accept the fact that there are going to be some normal developmental shifts in life. Now, one question that you raised in as you as you launched this study was, would the couple's relationship with couple friends be more like female friendships or more like male friendships, or would they be a hybrid, I think you used that word, of, of both? And we only have another minute, but maybe you could start answering that and come back after the break. All right, let me answer the first part of that by putting out that men and women construct their friendships differently. And I'm making a broad brush generalization, not true of all men and not true of all women. Men generally like to have shoulder-to-shoulder friendships. They like to get together with their guy friends and do things. I'll meet you at the bar to watch the Yankees game. Let's go shoot some hoops. Let's go play chess. Let's do something. Women in general feel more comfortable saying, let's get together for coffee or a glass of wine. Let's do something face-to-face. So the question then is, what it What happens when a man and a woman, and we're talking about heterosexual couples now, get together with another heterosexual couple, what are they going to do? Right, right. A quick answer is I've observed people in restaurants, the men talk to each other, the women talk to each other, there are no crosstalk, there's no crosstalking. So it's a very interesting thing to see how couples manage that. We're going to take a brief break. You've been listening to Psych Up Live, and we're speaking today about couples and their couple friendships. We're with Dr. Jeffrey Greif. He's the author of the book, Two Plus Two, Couples and Their Couple Relationships. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories, too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
If you're considering adoption, there are a lot of questions that you may have which need to be answered by families that have adopted, by the adoptees themselves, and by professionals. Tune in to Adoption Unscripted with your host, Micah Johnson. We bring you many of the answers you're looking for. There are so many resources and advocates in the field of adoption. It's a life-changing experience across the board. We hope you'll tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking about couples and their couple relationships with Dr. Jeff Greif. He's the author of Two plus two. So, Dr. Greif, we were talking about do couple relationships look more like female friendships or male friendships? It may be somewhat personality dependent, but in general, uh, as you said before the break, uh, sometimes the men pair off and the women pair off. But I find that the women are often paying keen attention to what the men are saying, maybe more than the men are paying attention to what the <laughs> women are saying. Sometimes they can look, though, more like female relationships because once you begin to talk, and if a woman tosses a question to a, a man in uh, the other couple, that's going to push him into a conversation maybe that's a little bit more of an emotionally laden conversation. I know of couples where women are selecting other couples so that their husbands can find friends. It's more likely that a woman will believe her husband doesn't have enough friends than the husband will believe his wife doesn't have uh, enough friends. So sometimes women are on the lookout with their female friends for a husband that can go along and maybe be fun for her husband so he can have friends. And the other thing to think about is I know of at least one couple where um, the woman will bring up topics that she is pretty sure the man is not bringing up with his his male friends. In this one situation, um, the woman and man have a son who's been been struggling with, with substance abuse. So she will bring that up um, in front of both couples so that the man has to listen a little bit and maybe get more engaged than he would feel comfortable doing if he was just with one of his guy friends and able to escape into less troublesome 
uh, discussions for him or more sports-focused discussions for him. Now, that's an interesting point because sometimes what I see in terms of couples who come for help is the issue of what is private and what we agree to share with our couple friends and whether or not whether or not that's held that decision now sometimes there's such an uh, an over and excessive need for secrets that you know one or the other is sort of desperately usually the woman she she's going to air it but that's really something that will you want to think about what in fact your kind of uh, ground rules are in terms of sharing private issues or issues of concern That's a great point because if you do not have that conversation in advance, it can really sink um, a couple's relationship with each other as well as with another couple. If the anger about revealing too much spills over into the couple's friendship, uh, it's going to affect both whether or not that couple wants to get together with the two revealing couple or avoid that kind of sand trap. The other thing is, and I, I did a blog on this, it's called Honey, Don't Correct Me in Public, which has to do with when one or the other is sharing, the partner acting as a referee, that's not how the joke went. No, that's not the amount of money. No, tell tell her why. Tell them the real. <laughs> so, you know, part of what we want to say, because we're talking about really the positives of couple friendships, yeah. is how to manage them. And what makes them really enjoyable rather than destructive? Yeah, and you're certainly correct in that open communication between the couple. If a couple just find, this, has just found out that their child is, has failed out of college, they should be discussing before they go out with this couple, are we ready to talk about this with another couple or do we need to process this with each other? first, but also um, you're talking about observing another couple where they're fighting, and um, if you're in the couple that's not fighting, you're not going to want to hang out with that fighting <laughs> couple too much in the future, and you have to be careful about not getting triangled into their relationship, too, and trying to yes. offer advice or being pulled in because the the wife says, you know, to to the other wife and husband, can you believe that he always, he spends so much time watching TV or he's, he's too engaged in sports? What's the other couple supposed to, to do with that? Right. Now that bears on the question that I think you asked couples, which is what exactly do they do most of the time when they're with other couples? Do they just have fun? Do they, what was that result? Yeah, um... As I talked initially, there's one axis of is the couple seeking other couples? Are they keepers? Are they happy with what they have or, and somewhat open? Or are they nesters? Are they not really interested in other couples? But the other cross-axis is what do you want to do with a couple? If you and your partner have a very intense work life or a very intense family life during the week, you may want to go out on the weekend and just, quote, unquote, have fun. You may want to go bowling, play chess, go dancing, and not talk about anything heavy because you want some respite from that. You also may be the the kind of couple that really is interested in more emotion sharing 
and emotion-sharing couples also like to have fun, but they also want to really have a deeper connection with another couple. And they're going to be more willing to talk face-to-face. They're going to be more willing to bring up items in their own life and query the other couple about items in their life. The fun-seeking one is going to be more of a shoulder-to-shoulder, let's-go-play-golf. And right. both couples' uh, styles are, are, very, are very adaptive. It just depends what any couple likes to have. But the advantage of having couple friendships, which we can talk about at some point, is that couples' friendships can really enhance your, your own fun and your own marriage and also give you insight as to how to improve your marriage. You watch how the other husband and wife treat each other. You watch how they don't interrupt each other how they, they don't say but, they say and when the other person is talking. It's, if you're going to hit a hole-in-one in golf, it's more fun having three witnesses instead of just one, and it becomes a <laughs> seminal uh, event for you. So there's so many fun things that can happen with friendships. And for some women and for some men, their only access to other uh, people of the opposite sex may be through uh, going out with another couple where they can finally ask a man outside of work a serious question about his view on something or ask a woman outside of work her serious um, a view on a serious question, her view on a serious question. That's so true. I also find it interesting that sometimes, and it could be the woman or the man, a woman will say, I love going out with other couples because I find out what's going on in my husband's life because for some reason... <laughs> right. He'll tell them he's retiring in June. I didn't know it. So it's very interesting what gets shared. It does change the couple's dynamics, often to a positive extent. Right. Yeah, it certainly can change it to a positive extent. (laughs) Yeah. But you you wonder about it. Now, who who did you find does the uh, organizing of social times with couple friends across all these people that were interviewed? Yeah, it's pretty much what you would expect from a traditional point of view. We asked both the men and women who tend to tend their social calendar, and it was usually the woman who is the nexus in family relationships uh, within the family, but also in connecting to outside the family. And this was pretty much true across um, some of the other research I did on adult siblings. It was the women, the sisters, who tended to get siblings together. And here, too, uh, in couples' friendships, they continue to play that role as the social calendar. That's sort of the reverse in my own family, because as a seeker, um, I tend to keep the social calendar. So when, when women talk about calling my wife and making plans, it's, no, don't call my wife, call me to make the plan, she'll, she'll say, because I'm home more because my schedule allows me to be home more, and I'm just more interested in that kind of thing. So there can be great variations within couples, but across couples, usually it's the woman who is responsible for the social calendar. And she you know, also is I- tending to the, to the children more in most families, so uh, she has a wider sense of the different pieces uh, that are moving um, in the family if the children are still in the home. Makes me wonder, I don't have an answer, what would help someone over the years, um, often it it is men, it fits with this cultural um, kind of uh, split, 
men will say, we don't have much of a social life. She doesn't really call other couples to set something up. But there's almost the implication, certainly, he's not going to do it. So it's, I mean, you you and your wife step right out of the, you know, established norms, which is a wonderful thing. But I, I think for some folks, it's very, very hard to do that, um, especially if it's the man who wants more. Yes, it it is hard to do. And it goes back to, again, the expectations we have for men and women. If someone walks in the house in the house, doesn't look neat, they probably are going to be more apt, unfortunately, to blame my, my wife than and me, because people traditionally believe that's the wife's job to keep the house neater. Uh, and that's not the way it should be, but that's the way it often is. And I think with uh, with socializing and establishing friendships, that's the norm, too. So it can be difficult for couples to to step out of that unless they are, are comfortable with that and have, have talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. if, uh, if a couple comes over and the man is doing all the cooking and all the food preparation, that's going to look a little strange to some couples unless they are very familiar with the, the man and woman and know that's, that's how they have divided the, the, the roles. So all these things around who's taking care of the kids. If it goes back to another question about uh, about child rearing, how often do you hear men say about their wives, "Oh, she's really good. She she really helps out a lot with child rearing." Whereas mm-hmm. you you might hear that all the time from a woman about her husband. Uh, you don't ever hear the reverse because that's just the way we're, we're socialized. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lot a- about role expectations, the societal press on men and women to be at work or to be home. And we haven't done a good job, I think, in giving men and women the kind of role freedom that we were hoping to. I think we have a little bit of a shift in the in the people raising little ones now because we have so many more women working. Um, and it's who's ever standing on the soccer field that they connect with the other soccer mom or dad is terms of, in terms of the pizza party. So there's a little Absolutely. bit with the younger generation, that a little bit of breakthrough with diversity of roles there, I think. Absolutely. It's, it's much, much better that, than it's ever been, much more freedom for men and women. But we have to remember that, I think, according to the Pew Research Center, in 22% of marriages, uh, the woman earns more than the man. The wife earns more than the husband. So in most marriages, it's still the man is the earner. And in most marriages, uh, it's the wife who does the bulk of the child care and housework, even though men are doing much more than they used to. Also, men do not tend to take paternity leave to the extent that women tend to take right. maternity leave. So there, so it, everything's moving in the, in the right direction. There's a lot of very exciting changes. We just have not moved all the way yet. That's a good point. Let's talk about how did you find people integrated their own separate individual friendships with this couple relationship piece that we're discussing? Yeah, well, one of the things that happens is that, and especially it happens first uh, when people are young and getting married or old and getting married for the first time, old in quotes, young in quotes, um, if I am a young man and I have a lot of female friends that are single or are married, what happens to them when I get married? Am I allowed to maintain those individual friendships if I have a 
a female friend with whom I always go play golf, is my wife going to quote-unquote feel comfortable with me still playing golf with her, or is that friendship going to be threatened? That's into the opposite sex um, issue. But if we're talking about the same sex issue, what if that friend of mine likes to go to the bars and we like to go hear, hear 1960s rock and roll? Is my wife going to feel comfortable with us still going out every once a week to hear the same bands, or is that going to be a threat to to our relationship does she think this guy is not a good influence on me maybe he drinks too much maybe he chases too many women all those things might um from my wife's perspective um be something that she might raise a red flag on and try and put the kibosh on me continuing to see him to that extent so some relationships are going to go by the wayside whereas if there's another guy who is married and my wife likes his wife and he's a, a good guy she certainly is going to encourage that kind of friendship too mm. one of the things that i've said to people i'm interested in your opinion is what about their opposite sex individual friends once they're married and generally i've said i think that that's fine i think the problem comes in when those individual friends are kept secret from the spouse then A, you wonder why, and B, you at that point have in some way um, put some pressure on the relationship to have to deal with some outside secret, which is not a good a good measure when you're talking about building intimacy and trust. I think that's a great point. Having a secret friend is not something uh, that you want to bring into a, a, a marriage or a partnership. Um it goes back to, again, what's the understanding um, of the relationship prior to the marriage? If I have an outside female friend, what is, how does my wife view that relationship? Is that woman in a relationship? And I hate to say it, but it's something that's out there. Does, that, does my wife consider her a threat because of her level of attractiveness? Mm-hmm. So there's also the notion of some people may be perceived as more attractive than other people, and that may raise a level of threat or lower a, a level of, of threat if I have an opposite-sex friend who my wife thinks I don't find very physically appealing or emotionally attractive. Um, then is that going to affect how comfortable she is with me spending time, she being my wife, is comfortable spending time with this woman? That's that's an interesting point. We're going to have to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to speak about what happens to couple friendships when there's a divorce, either the couple's divorce or their friend's divorce. And what happens when you don't like one of the partners? Stay with us. You've been listening to Psych Up Live. We're here with Dr. Greif talking about couples and their couple friendships. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. 
disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Psych Up Live. Join in our conversation today by calling Dr. Suzanne Phillips or her guest at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radiohostphillips at gmail.com. Now back to Psych Up Live. Welcome back to Psych Up Live. We're speaking with Dr. Greif about couple relationships. And we were just talking about what happens when a couple goes with other another couple and they don't like one of the partners. Dr. Greif, what do you what did people say they did in those situations? Yeah, that's become more of an issue the more that women are in the workplace. Um, people of my parents' generation, usually if the woman did not work, she would get together with her girlfriends during the day while my my father worked. And so when they would go out on the weekends, he could call the shots a little bit more about who they saw because that was his time free and she could hang out with anybody for two hours and not make a big deal out of it. Now with women having uh, maybe even more intense schedules or as intense schedules between work and home life as men, women are not going to want to spend their time hanging out with their husband's friends unless they also like it or like the the husband's friends. So there has to be more of a balance there. Sometimes we found in the study that we did that um, people, as they age, went in two directions. Some said, eh, it's only two hours of my life, so what? It's no big deal. I'm not going to battle with my spouse around this issue. I'm going to pick my battle. He wants to meet them at a restaurant. Fine, we'll, we'll do that for two hours, and I'll make the best of it. Other people say, you know what? I don't have much time left. Why should I have to waste it with people who I essentially don't like. 
the Trump and Clinton uh, election in the fall pushed a lot of couples apart from each other. And uh, I know from other uh, people I've talked to that some friendships broke up around that. And uh, you wonder if now it's more difficult for couples to get together because of the political scene, too. You have yeah. couples mm-hmm. that where if one couple um, had a friend, I, I referenced this before, if somebody who my wife didn't like is very attentive to me and takes good care of me, that if I'm ill, that may help my wife to say, yeah, uh, let's, let's go ahead and spend some time together. He's, he's not such a bad guy after all. But sometimes you lose your couple's friends if you don't like one of them or you have to make time to see them individually and not with your spouse. Mm. Now, let's talk about divorce, because this really does affect a lot of couples. Some people say, you know, it's contagious. Other people say we we feel like which one of us is going to be kept, which one of us has given up in their divorce. Um, what, what did you observe in terms and what did you hear from those that you interviewed who were divorced? Well, we asked specifically about uh, what kinds of behaviors um, before they divorce was their spouse exhibiting with friends that hurt the marriage. So there are things that can happen with couples that can hurt the marriage. And we found that almost one-third, this is not surprising, thought their spouse was flirting when they were out with another couple. About a quarter thought the spouse was not supportive of them in front of the other couples. That's what you referenced before. A quarter thought their spouse was competing with them when they were with another couple. And finally, a quarter believed that alcohol, I guess we could add uh, other kinds of substances, got in the way other having fun when they socialize with other couples. So if you're out with another couple and you're competing with your partner or you're flirting with the other partner um, uh, or the other couple or um, you're not supportive of your spouse, those are all signs that the marriage may be in trouble. And those are things to obviously avoid if you want to maintain your own marriage. What happens after divorce is that, as you can expect, you lose your couple's friends. And we talk to both individuals and couples about that. Couples uh, usually do not want to go out with a divorced person, unfortunately, even though that's when a divorced person most needs connections, most need um, the connection of the other couple. And uh, sometimes you lose couples' friends because they stay friends with your ex-spouse and not with you. Yeah. Now, And then the other thing becomes... How do you feel when your newly divorced friend returns with a new partner? And how do you negotiate whether or not you could handle, because you still have feelings for the original spouse? Did people talk about that? Yes, and you can imagine that if you um, believe that the person that you are still close with, that member of the couple that you're about to go out with was wronged in the marriage, you're going to be more sympathetic to him or her starting a new relationship and meeting that person. Whereas if you feel you're, that your friend really caused the breakup because of his or her um, unattractive behavior, you're probably not going to want to go out with that person or with their new partner. So I think 
the couple's take on what happened in the marriage. And, of course, the couple, you and your partner, may not agree up about what happened in the marriage. You may have the man's perspective, and I may have the woman's perspective, or the reverse. And that's going to drive uh, also how much I'm going to want to get together with somebody who I feel was, was unfaithful to his or her spouse. There's there's no doubt about it that this is an adjustment and somewhat of a difficult thing for couples to face when their close friends they find out are getting divorced because it's a loss. It's also a loss of people as well as that relationship when we think of how people do enjoy other couples. So, I mean, it goes without saying it's it takes some adjustment, but it's certainly not easy for any of the players on, on any side. Right. Um, right. Let me ask you, I just want to stop and ask you, how would people find you and the book 2 Plus 2 Plus your other very important books? How would they find you online and who, how could they order the books? Well, I guess like almost anything available these days, you can go to Amazon and find them. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't have a website. I, I, I'm still a professor at the University of Maryland School of Social Work, and you can email me there and find me there. But if you, do, if you want the book, you can go to, go to Amazon and order it there. And, you'll, and p- anyone would see um, Dr. Grice's other books, too. So now let's talk about some for all of, I think, a, in some some of your interviews, they highlighted, people highlighted what makes couple relationships so important. And maybe we could share a little of that. And then the question is, what if we're a couple who wants to make more friends? How do we even, we're in a new city, how do we even do that? Yeah, well, what the good thing about couples' friendships and why you want to be thinking about them, if you're interested in them, if both you and your partner want to do them, is that, in general, research overwhelmingly shows that people with friends live longer, happier, and healthier lives. You go out with another couple, you learn about uh, new changes in health care, you learn maybe about what better doctor or practitioner to see for whatever is ailing you. You pick up tips about how to improve the quality of your life, where to go on vacation, so there are a lot of, of information, there is a lot of information sharing that goes on that can be very helpful. But you also can see your partner in a better light. If I'm going out with a couple that my wife likes and she's happy being with them and they're laughing, that's going to make her a more attractive, more fun person for me to be with too, as opposed to dragging her along with um, to a couple uh, where she really is uncomfortable, doesn't want to talk, and, and, and shuts down because she never wanted to go there in the first place. Not something that she would do, but there are people that could possibly not put their best face forward if they're dragged into a evening with another couple. So being with another couple can greatly enhance um, one's life and one's marriage from a number of perspectives. Now, given... That's an important aspect that couples might want, and I'm a we're part of I'm part of a couple that really wants to make more friends. Did anyone hint, or can you suggest how a couple might take some steps to increase the number of couple friendships in their life? 
Well, the way that we tend to make couple friends the most easily is through school, being a student, or through work, um, or through our children. And that's where a lot of people um, end up with their couple's friends, uh, people that their kids went to school with. You go to the the field hockey game and you're chatting up other couples there, or you go to a parent-teacher night or a back-to-school night or birthday parties of your children. So for many years, that's how you're going to be open to making friends, not to mention, obviously, the workplace. Um, The other way to do it is, of course, to get involved in activities that uh, both members of the the couple uh, like doing or have individual activities that can then lead to meeting couples that you can bring back to your spouse. So I've been approached by a number of uh, application builders for couples, and I'm not sure how effective that is. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend going online to do that unless you're clear what you're getting yourself um, into when you do that. But getting out, doing things, being open to other people, striking up conversations, like all friendships, you have to be careful about how much of yourself to share and how soon to share it. And that's always mm. the gauge when you meet new people, too. One, one of the things that I often suggest to people is just like as with dating and hesitancy, assume the best and give it a try. The worst that happens right. is she doesn't want to bring her husband out to the movie with you or he doesn't want to involve the wives. But you'd be surprised. Sometimes people are waiting and they're eager for the opportunity. Right. Exactly right. I I think that's a really nice way of putting it. Now, um, we're going to have to stop. I want to thank you. I'm I'm delighted that you came on, Dr. Greif, um, for the other two shows and for this really important show. Thanks for your research. You and um, your co-author really are two of the few researchers who have touched the topic of couples and their couple relationships. So thank you again for coming and sharing with our listeners. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. It was a great show. Thanks again. I want to thank my listeners. Remember, you can hear this and any prior show as a podcast. This will be a podcast by 8 p.m. this evening, and it'll be on my host site, my website. It'll be on the podcast apps of your iPhone, the iTunes under Voice America, Psych Up Live. For now, remember to drop me a comment or a question at radiohostphillips at gmail.com. And mostly, take care, be listening, and we'll be back together next week. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Psych Up Live. Please join Dr. Suzanne Phillips for another edition of our programming next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk more next week.